0: Hello, and welcome to A View from the Perch, a podcast covering important financial planning topics from the point of view of a college finance student, a proficient financial planner, and an experienced certified financial planner. Each week, we discuss a new topic aimed to educate listeners from the Parrot Wealth Management team's research and experiences. Now, here are your hosts Bill Parrot, Spencer Inglekay, and Ryan Arnold. Good morning guys, how's your week going? Yeah, going well. We're having a good couple of weeks in the market and uh, hopefully we finish uh, on an update today, but all's well. Yeah, all's well. Rally
1: is coming, so hopefully it sustains and we'll continue to go up for the rest of the year. Um, Yeah, sounds good. This week we have a pretty pretty exciting
2: topic considering what we do here. Um, So we're talking about financial planning. Mm-hmm. And so I guess we can get right into it. With the first question being, "What is financial planning? What does it mean? What What do you do? Um, can you tell me more about it?"
0: Yeah, it's a great question, and it's at the root of what we do. And the way I like to describe it, it's quantifying a person's financial goals, looking at their hopes, their dreams, their fears, uh, what they want to do in retirement. Um, what they want to do with their assets, how to generate income. And we'll get into it later, but it's just not regarding investments. We go well beyond investments. We look at their financial life, stocks, bonds, real estate, insurance, business interests, um, help with giving. It, it's just open-ended. It uh, basically is quantifying their financial goals is the way I would describe it. Mm. Would you add anything to that? What, what would you say? Uh,
1: yeah. And also just roadmapping the successful retirement. So quantifying those goals and just making sure you're on the right path
0: to, to what you want to achieve. Mm. Yeah. We, we've said before, it's uh, like a financial GPS. It, and I don't know how people invest without one because it really lays out the foundation for where people should be uh, putting their money, uh, how they should be investing. And if you're not investing with a financial plan or if you don't have one, it's like shooting an arrow at no target. You know, mm-hmm. So it, it's uh, our financial GPS.
2: Gotcha. Okay. Um, So, with that being the GPS, how does it create comfort for these people in retirement? Why is it more comforting than just shooting the arrow in the dark? You know what I mean?
0: Mm -hmm. Well, it it validates what they're doing. It it gives them the peace to know that they're on track. And especially this year with the market being down, uh, stocks and bonds, really everything's down. We can go into a client's financial plan and say, look, Even though the market is down, you're still on track. Your goals are still going to be met. We're not recommending any changes. So it gives people comfort and peace knowing that uh, even in a difficult market, they can still retire, uh, take trips, give money away, help others. Whatever their goals are, the plan gives them peace and comfort knowing that they can continue to achieve things that are important to them.
2: Mm. Okay, um, so I know you said that we're in a difficult market, and most people know that right now. Um, but even farther than even even farther than that, how can a financial plan help people plan for an emergency or if the market absolutely crashed? Um, what kind of comfort can a plan bring for that?
1: Yeah, so preparing for emergencies are important. Having a rainy day fund is extremely important because you never know. What's going to happen? What expense is going to come up? Medical bills, accidents, anything of that nature. And so we really recommend creating an emergency fund about three to six months of non-discretionary spending. So what that means is non-discretionary is things that you have to pay every month on a consistent basis. So I'm talking about rent. I'm talking about car payments, insurance, making sure you have at least three to six months of that spending just so you're able to kind of reduce your discretionary spending in order to um in order to uh really cover that emergency cost and and the big thing about doing that is uh we have something called MyBlocks which we can send to clients and they can create kind of what their ideal emergency fund is and this program is actually great cuz it'll give you a monthly savings calculator in order to meet your goals and to meet your time frame to get your emergency fund where it needs to be. But yeah, so we, we recommend having an emergency fund for all of our clients for at least three to six months of indiscretionary spending.
2: Mm. That's good. Um, so with a lot of clients, I feel like they don't know much about their finances. They don't know much past swiping their card and knowing that they can cover it. Um, how can we help people understand their finances better? How can we um, not just build a plan, but teach people, you know, what their, what their money's for, what they're doing with it, things like that.
1: Yeah. I think the best thing to do is ask questions. Honestly, if you ask any professional questions, a lot of people think that it's, you know, a hindrance or it's a, a kind of weight on them, but we have information. Any professional in any field has information, and they want to say it, right? Because <laughs> it's like we we spent time, we spent energy learning. Why would we not want to use that? So the biggest thing is, it's intimidating, especially like I know mechanics. Like if they're working on my car, I'm kind of scared. I'll say yes mm-hmm. to things that I have no idea. We we're talking about the culprit on my brake pad. I'm like, yeah, this hundred percent correct, <laughs> right? <laughs> And so I think the biggest thing people can do is when you're meeting with your financial planner or advisor is have that freedom to ask those questions. And there's no dumb question. Um, and then with the Internet and with information being readily available, there are webinars upon webinars that you can attend. There's conferences you can attend. There's events but the big thing um, is gain that trust with your financial planner and just honestly ask questions because we, we really want to use this information. We got into this business to help people and educate people. And so that'd be my main advice. Mm, that's good advice. I think that's good advice for everything.
2: For sure. Um, but yeah, I know we've kind of talked about it a little bit and we really haven't talked much about managing assets, but beyond managing assets, what do financial planners do for clients?
0: Yeah, managing assets is a part of a financial plan, but we also look at their estate. We look at their insurance needs. We look at their tax situation, tax planning. Uh, If they have children, we look at education cost and education planning. And uh, we also look at their liabilities, how to manage debt, Um, student loans, mortgages, cars, credit cards, you name it. Uh, so we look at uh, things beyond traditional stocks and bonds. And and we've always said that if you do the financial plan correctly, uh, the investments are the easy part. Uh, it's like going on a vacation. The hardest part about uh, planning a vacation is where to go. <laughs> And when to go, but, but and once and you getting in the car, <laughs> and getting in the car, uh, don't make me turn this car around. But um, uh, I think once you decide where to go, everything else falls into place. And so, a lot of people think that the investments are the most important part of the plan, but I would say the other components are uh, either equal or more important mm-hmm. than to the investments because if you have an emergency fund if you have the proper insurance, if your debt is manageable, if your taxes are in line, if you're paying for college, then the investments should be plug and play. And uh, the plan allows us to uh, look at all these components for individuals to make sure their their financial house is in order.
2: Mm, that's good. Um, so it sounds like you offer all kinds of
0: things with a financial plan. How much does a financial plan cost? Our our standard fee is is $800, but it can go from zero to $15,000 plus for a financial plan. Uh, a lot of advisors charge by the hour, uh, $250, $300. There's some that charge $500 per hour. Uh, some offer... A percentage of their net worth of their income. So it's, it's a wide range and you definitely want to look at and ask what the fees are before you commit to a financial plan because it varies uh, greatly. Uh, for the remainder of this year, we have waived our financial planning fee. So we're not charging for it right now because of the current market conditions. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a lot of people are hurting. So we've, We've waived our fee for the year. So if anybody's listening, um, give us a call because we've removed that hurdle uh, to make sure you're on the right path. But it, it ranges quite a bit. But each planner should disclose what their fees are. And, you know, good firms should have it on their website for for everybody to see. You shouldn't have to hunt and peck for it. But uh, I would say in a flat fee, 0 to 15000 is, is that that typical range.
2: Hmm. Okay,
0: cool. Um, so
2: let's say you're going to
0: a financial planner and you want to
2: come in with a somewhat successful plan. How can you improve the successfulness of your financial
1: plan? Uh, well, if you're coming to a financial planner, I think that's the biggest hurdle you have to do. You can't, um, make up the numbers, right? So you're coming with who you are. And, and the big thing is like, we always say, there's not a good plan or bad, bad plan. It's just your plan. Mm. Um, and to increase successfulness in the plan, after you create it, it's just about following through, mm. staying the course. A lot of finances is, is emotional and people don't realize that. Is once you have the financial plan, it's all math, it's all numbers, it's all data. And so your success probability is predicated on two things. You following through with it and you being consistent with it. Um, And so if you want to be successful in that, just stay the course. And then the other... There's only really two inputs when it comes to a financial plan. What you're saving and what you're spending. And so if you want to increase your successfulness, if you're struggling, if you kind of got off course, you have to reanalyze, am I spending too much on my goals? Or am I not saving enough and then kind of pull those levers and that's what we're here to do is guide. But the major thing is just staying the course and, and staying consistent in in the financial plan because it's a map, right? Don't get off the course that you chose and you'll get to your destination. Cool. Um,
2: so let's say you're a college student near my age or even at your age, Spencer, um, is it smart to start looking for a financial plan already?
1: I don't know. I think you can answer that one. (laughs) Well, I think
2: the the hard part for me is if I wanted to go get a financial plan, I don't know how much money I'm going to make. I don't know um, how much money I want to save one day. I don't really know what my goals are. Um, I don't even know if I want to use a Roth or a traditional IRA. Um, So for me, if I went to y'all and I asked for a financial plan, I wouldn't even know where to start. Y'all probably wouldn't even know where to start. Um, so I think the biggest thing for me right now is just to save money and start having a rainy day fund, um, have money available for if I want to, um, use money towards like a wedding one day or buy a car, or put money down on a house. Um, but as far as like financial planning for retirement for me.
1: Uh, yeah. Well, that, that's the thing about financial planning. It's not just for retirement, right? right? So we can come and get the financial plan for you to, for major purchases. And mm-hmm. that's what we do with a lot of our younger clients is, I want to buy a house in eight years. How do I do that? I want to be able to pay for a wedding in 15 years. How do I do that? I want to be able to have a consistent budget. And that's that's financial planning as well. So it's not necessarily just the retirement Zoomer that we're able to give that giant packet. Financial planning is so holistic that we're able to do anything. And um, I mean, I am very far off from retirement as well. And the financial plan for me, if, if we're treating it like a GPS, it's saying... If I'm driving to Seattle, am I gonna turn that on when I hit to California? No, I'm gonna turn it on as soon as I start because I wanna make sure I'm in the optimal way and I hate being detoured in um in any of my travels and I hate traffic. So I'd rather make sure it's all green roads and making sure that the optimal route is what I'm taking. Mm. That's
0: good. Yeah, and if you leave here and you end up in California to Seattle, you're definitely off track. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, but I would, I would add to that to you know, your retirement question. Like you might not touch retirement money for 50 years. All right. Like you don't need it for like five decades from now. So it's kind of futile to say, this is what you should plan for. Uh, but you said it, you know, um, uh, it's very important at a young age to get into good savings habits, good spending habits. Don't go into debt as much as you can, avoid that. Uh, have an emergency fund. Um, and with investing, just starting, Yeah, it, you know, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, 100 bucks, whatever you have, it doesn't matter, is you just start saving money, whatever you can, uh, keeping your spending intact, uh, a tra- uh, check. Um, that is something that uh, is recommended for everybody. And it gets that foundation. And, you know, we, we haven't talked about it yet, but a financial plan is a living document. It's for your whole life. It's just not a point in time. Like you just don't do a financial plan once and say, okay, I'm good. I mean, you—if you started doing financial planning now, you'd probably run a thousand or more before you retired. So um, it's an ongoing document. But for young people, I think getting into good uh, saving and spending habits is paramount. Hmm.
2: That's good. Um, so, what about for businesses? Can you do a financial plan for a, a business? Yes.
0: yeah you can do it for anything anybody um you know businesses have issues you know cash flow issues dealing with insurance dealing with retirement plans dealing with employees so you you know planning is planning you know it just it's uh breaking out the calculator but yeah absolutely you can do it for businesses um and we would encourage that because a lot of people, uh, mainly with businesses that we've seen, it's, it's dealing with cash and cash flows, the biggest concerns. Mm.
2: Especially if you're starting your own business and don't really know where to start. Absolutely. Yep. Okay. Well, my last question, what makes a uh, financial planner credible? What are the accreditations that are needed? Um, what do you all have?
0: Well, the certified financial planner designation is the gold standard for financial planning. The CFP designation is one that, that I have, I've had it since 2003. Spencer's currently going through the program to obtain the designation, but uh, that, that's, that gets you in the door and, you know, you were fiduciaries, but, you know, trustworthy just comes from our actions, mm. right? Regardless of designations, you know, are we, honoring the client? Are we doing what they want? Are we meeting their needs? And uh, and that comes through time. But the CFP, CFP designation is what you should look for if you're looking for a planner.
2: Yeah. I think the biggest thing that I've seen is just customer service too. Um, with the financial plan and dealing with emotions, just being an intern here this summer, that's something that I've seen is huge. Just being able to have good customer service I think that's what separates one firm from another is care for your clients.
0: Yeah. You know, if, if if you call us, we'll call you back. If you email us, we'll email you back. It's it's simple strategies, but as we've talked about a lot, customer service is about in this market the only thing that we can control. And if and I've seen this at other firms where um Especially when I was managing at a larger firm, uh, some brokers just wouldn't call their clients back and, and it would just fester. And And I was the manager, so the clients would call me and say, why did they call me back? And, you know, I don't have, did not have a good answer for that. And so customer service is um, very important to us. And again, if you call us, we'll call you back.
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Sounds good. Well, that's all the questions
0: I have. Thank you all for your time. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Ryan. And thanks, Ryan. This is uh, our last podcast with you at the helm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've, you've been a great intern. You've done a great job. And and Spencer and I are going to try to figure out the technology side. and uh, <laughs> wish us luck. <laughs>
2: that's right. Sounds good. Appreciate it, y'all.
1: Thanks for joining us this week. Make sure to visit our website, parrotwealth.com, or you can learn more about everything we have to offer at Parrot Wealth Management. That's our view from the perch. See y'all next week.